Hey, Mark here, and I'm calling in before today's episode with a little favour to ask, if I may, please. You see, today I'm changing the format of the Podcast Accelerator. I'm trialling a longer form deep dive episode, real specific actionable takeaways, and introducing my recommended podcast tool of the week. Now, the format is ever so slightly different. It is a little bit longer, and during this episode, which is a huge, deep dive, massive piece of free podcast education. During this episode, I'm going to break off for about 90 seconds to recommend a podcasting tool that I think will help you. And at the end, stick around because there's a new section at the end, which is three actionable takeaways that you can implement today based on today's deep dive. So let me know what you think of this new format, please. That's the favour that I'm asking. You can do that on Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. And you can get the written version of this over on my Twitter profile as well. Once again, that's at Mr. Asquith. And enjoy this episode of the Podcast Accelerator. You do not need big numbers to monetize your audio influence. You just need a plan. So try this one. This is the Podcast Accelerator. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, CEO and co-founder of Captivate.fm, the podcast hosting platform that serious independent creators choose to grow and monetize their podcast. And I'm going to talk about, you know, podcast networks. I'm going to talk about something that is very close to our hearts here at Captivate on the heels of our release last week. But it's really something that I think every podcaster in this day and age should be considering, all right? It's very, very important. I'm excited to give you some some background, some education, but also, you know, a plan, all right? Something you can take and you can copy and you can use, all right? That's very important to me that you get that. So I'm your host, Mark Asquith, and, uh, you know, before I get started, I just want to give a shout out to the team at Airweber who are helping me to send the email version of this podcast out to you right now. So if you're reading that, if you've got that in your inbox, that's powered of course, by Airweber. I've been working with them for about 10 years now. Oh, good. I'm getting old. Just in various guises, all right. They're a wonderful company to partner with, and they help people like you and me to build relationships with our audience in profitable and fruitful manners, all right. And I've done it countless times over the years and just built some great friendships, but also generated some great revenue through it. So you should be doing the same as a podcaster. Do it for free. No credit card at mark.live slash email. Now, you do not need big numbers to monetize your audio influence. Like I said just a moment ago, you just need a plan, and I want you to try this one. Now, to preface this episode, last week, Captivate launched some professional podcast network features and cross-promotional feed drops to all podcasters using the platform. It's a world-first innovation in podcasting, but it's more than just a feature set. It's part of a methodology for creating your own podcast ecosystem that can be scaled and monetized. So let's get to the the, the thick of it, all right? Podcast listeners don't do what you think they do. In my mind, someone who listens to this show, the Podcast Accelerator, enjoys it, tells people all about it, and it's the only podcast that they listen to without fail, and it's a beautiful world to live in, but it's not reality. Instead, my podcast listeners, like you, might skip an episode if they're on holiday or get sick or they get a flat tire or, you know, whatever, insert another inconvenience right here. The only listeners that won't do that are the true fans those who turn up every single time and for whom I'm the favourite podcast. But that's only a percentage of my listeners, though. My show is enjoyed by a lot of people, but those true fans who will never, ever miss an episode number as a minority of that overall audience. And your audience is the same as well. 
Okay, why, why though? Why, why does that happen? Well, look, building true fans is harder than acquiring drop-in listeners. And I talk about this a heck of a lot, particularly during the listener acquisition flow talk that I give at things like podcast movement. And, and the basic premise of this is that you've got to nurture people through a funnel. You've got to move them from being sort of curious lurkers into being listeners and then maybe subscribers and followers and then becoming genuine fans. But inevitably, there are so many reasons that someone will move through that funnel. It's not up to you to dictate how each of them does it. You can put the building blocks in place. You can put the the, the wayfinding, the signpost in place. But their reasons for moving through that funnel will depend on their own personality. For example, you know, if they've got a propensity to get involved in a community, if you've got one, the person's probably going to stick around a little bit more. If they want to binge, if they're a binger, you know, they'll probably have a desire to dig deep into your back catalogue of content, and so they'll stick around a little bit more, they'll get to know you, and they'll become a fan. Or maybe they've got like a big interest in behind the scenes uh, of your podcast, because, you know, they, they, they like what you do, they've got a bit of a vibe for you, and so the list goes on, you know, why these people become fans. But one of the main reasons, in my view, that someone won't move through your funnel and won't become a true fan is if they don't always find what they want when they want it from you. Now, that's not to say that your show isn't right for them, but how can one thing serve all purposes, serve all moods or all needs? It can't. We just, we know that. In fact, let me give you a great example, all right? This is a personal example to me, okay? Now, I love the Rock on Tours podcast. It's a podcast by Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp, and I'm a huge music fan. I love 70s through 90s rock, and I'm really interested in how music comes together. So an interview show where two really highly regarded musicians from my favorite era talk to other outstanding musicians from my favorite era is perfect. I'm a fan. But I really wish they'd release more episodes. I'd listen to them all. But probably not when they came out. I'd probably binge on them during a drive, or I'd catch up when I was ready. But why? If I'm a fan, wouldn't I want to lap up every piece of content that Guy and Gary drops instantly? Why would I not do that? Well, it's because of my mood. It's it's because of the mood that I'm in. Now, I said that I love music, and as part of that, I also play music. I'm loosely speaking a bass player, and I love it. I lap up YouTube content on, I don't know, like how to set my Stingray up or uh, Fender Jazz Basses versus American Deluxe and, and, you know, like meme style content from people like Davey 504 or Charles Batude. I'm all over that. But when I get into my car to make the, the commute, the six minute drive to our podcast studio down in Sheffield, I can't take that audio, sorry, that video content with me. And so I turn to audio, I turn to podcasts. But I might be in the mood to delve into something musical, albeit not an interview. Maybe it's, you know, I want to listen to some bass guitar reviews or even, yeah, maybe even interviews, but very specific interviews with like drummers or rhythm sections or teardowns of famous albums or songwriting theory breakdowns of popular songs. Now, I don't get that from Guy and Gary. I don't get that from Rock on Tours. They're great at what they do, but I don't get those other things that would serve my mood at any given time from Rock on Tours. And so I look elsewhere. I try to find something. If I'm lucky, you know, I do. But I'm really harsh on my decision-making when I do. Nine times out of ten, when I do find a new show that I'm in the mood for, I don't know the person who is creating the podcast. So I enter their listener acquisition funnel and start again and again and again every time I'm in the mood for something new. Now, just to digress for ten seconds, in business, 
It's easier and cheaper to sell to an existing customer than it is to identify, warm up and convert a new customer. That is just an actual financial fact. So if the Rock on Tours team had a range of other podcasts adjacent to their main topic, it would be an instant choice for me to try them. If Rock on Tours on Basics or Classic Album Rock on Teardowns, you can you can have that one, lads. Classic Album Rock on Teardowns or How They Were Written Rock on Tours on Classic Tracks existed, I would just I'd instantly give them the first listen when I was in the mood to satisfy a musical content desire but wasn't in the mood for an interview. Guy and Gary would have me in their ecosystem continually and they could cross-promote episodes to me to build my loyalty. Do you know what? They wouldn't even need to host those shows either. They just need to get other great people on board, brand them under the Rock on Tours banner and endorse them. Such is the power of my trust in those two as great quality creators. So if we get podcasty for a second, we already know that thanks to the fantastic work of, of, of Tom and the Edison research team that podcast listeners subscribe to several shows at any one time. So wouldn't it be better if I listen to more shows that you own as part of my listening habits than shows that other people produce that are in your niche but that you aren't serving? Instead of me trying to decide then which podcast creator to give my 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks a month Patreon donation to because my loyalty is split... It would be easier for you to be hitting me with multiple touch points every week from one simple connected podcasting brand. And in turn, that will help to sway me towards your Patreon account as a supporter. The decision becomes obvious. You've made it easy to say yes. And, you know, what about sponsors? It's not just about your stuff. What about sponsors? What do they want? Well, right now, the podcasting industry is selling impressions. That's the number of times that an ad was sent and heard. Theoretically heard, but, you know, just sent. But as independent creators like you move towards becoming niche audio influencers, your voice becomes more valuable than just impressions. Your influence becomes saleable. The more opportunities that a sponsor has to engage with your audience and the more that you can prove that you have an engaged audience, well, the more valuable that audience that you have becomes regardless of its size. Now, let me give you a real-life example. I know a podcaster who has been podcasting for years now and runs a range of podcasts in very specific and a very tight niche. Now, the download numbers that the podcaster sees per episode aren't what you'd be able to sell to a CPM-based podcast sponsor looking for awareness to the general consumer, but they are useful to the right people in the same niche as the podcaster, a.k.a. They're useful to brands and companies looking to target that specific set of listeners. And so, well, this podcaster got smart a few years ago and started listening to what their listeners were saying as competitors cropped up in the space, usually sort of creating podcasts that were of a different format or that included other types of content that the same listener in the niche industry wanted. That podcaster went on to diversify. Rather than create more episodes of one podcast, which would have pushed their listener base elsewhere still to get the fix of other types of content, the podcaster created solo shows instead of the interview format that the original show was based around. They created short-form shows, educational shows, and partner shows where the podcaster acted as a showrunner, but the on-air talent was someone else from the industry. In short, in short, this very smart podcaster 
created a range of podcast content that kept the listener and keeps the listener still to this day inside their audio ecosystem. And they did that by listening to their audience's needs. The Podcasters Podcast Network today easily clears six-figure annual revenue with download figures that you wouldn't expect to even get a sponsor using a CPM-based model. Why? Because the podcaster became an audio influencer in their niche and is the go-to resource in the industry that they serve purely because of the network of podcasts that they have created. You simply cannot search for any kind of content in that industry without finding this podcaster's content. But this happens a lot as well, you know. I see every day on Captivate indie podcast creators becoming influencers in their niche despite low download numbers. And instead, where the sponsors focus on powerful positioning and the targeting of a tight niche. That is very valuable. Why? Well, think back to what I said earlier. It's easier and more cost effective to sell to returning customers than it is to identify, nurture and sell to new customers again. That is a fact of business. Now, let me go a bit more personal. Let me take my other great pop culture love as an example of this. Star Wars. I love Star Wars so much so that I run a podcast about it with Gaz here at Captivate. We talk about it every single week. I love finding out about the news. I love digging into the lore of Star Wars, the history of it, the future of it, the behind the scenes of it, the books, the games, the toys, the movies, the TV shows, everything. And as a podcast creator... I could cram all of that into one Star Wars podcast. Or I could get smarter. I could create a network of shows to target each portion of the Star Wars fandom and focus on keeping the ideal listener, like me, inside that audio content ecosystem more and more each week. Because let's assume a listener of one Star Wars podcast in the network becomes a customer of one of my sponsors. Let's assume that Loot Crate was a sponsor. And that the said listener buys a single Loot Crate box, a one-off transaction. Is it easier and cheaper for Loot Crate, the sponsor, to move the customer up from being a single box buyer with me to being a monthly subscriber through targeting my entire network than it is to go to sponsor another podcast elsewhere and start to find that new customer who's ready to make that first transaction all over again. Yes, it's easier and cheaper to turn that single box buyer into a recurring customer because because of that business lesson from earlier. It's cheaper to sell more to people that already buy from you. Now, a great sponsor as a healthy mix of upsell and new customer acquisition marketing going on. All right, and your network, aka the range of owned and connected podcast properties based around your audio influence, can easily generate healthy, ongoing revenue from sitting right there in that mix. Now, that's a very simple example, and it can apply more broadly than that, of course. As another example, Gaz and I are taking our own medicine. We're creating a nerd podcast network. Because our Star Wars geekery crosses over into other areas. Things like overall gaming, DC and Marvel, movies, TV shows, you know, whatever. We are not alone in that. In fact, if I had to put a Venn diagram together of all of our podcast audience, you would see a huge overlap between different interests. Where a percentage of Star Wars fans that listen to our show also love Xbox. Or where a percentage of our Star Wars fans also love The Flash. Or Captain America. Or Captain Marvel. 
and so on. So look, that sounds cool, all right? It does, sounds cool. And it's a nice theory, right? But it's got to be executable. If you're going to do something with it, it's got to be executable. So here is a basic podcast uh, podcast network plan to get you started, all right? Like all good business memes, I've got to start with a quote. And let's get one thing ready from the start, all right? We've got to begin with the end in mind. Why are we creating our podcast network? Well, the goal of the podcast network is to create money and to generate revenue and to make money, all right? Simple. Or if... You know, it's all right to be a little bit nervous, you know, if you're uncomfortable saying that, which a lot of podcasters are, I completely get it. You are not alone in that. Don't feel bad if thinking about making money as a podcaster feels a bit yakky. All right. Instead, let's change it a little bit. It's also about building a bigger audience around your brand, a connected audio experience with you at the center. But if we do want to make money, in order to make that money, you've got to have something to sell. Plus, people willing to buy it. I don't want to get too deep into what you could sell, that's another topic, but let's assume that this falls into two categories. Things that people buy from you, Patreon merchandise, buy me a coffee, exclusive content, whatever, and things that people buy through you, sponsored products, affiliate stuff, you know, you get the picture. So in order to, for, for someone to buy something from you, they have to know about it, they have to want it, either through desire or through need, they have to know how to get it physically, the, the, the actual steps to take, and they have to be assured enough of its quality to risk a transaction. To achieve all of that, a prospective buyer of anything must build trust and knowledge in the thing, the thing that they are buying. And there are only two things that will lead to that level of comfort, content and time. Specifically, a range of targeted content over a reasonable amount of time. So the goal for you as a new network creator, a new podcast network owner, is to create content that engages, entertains, and educates the listener, and to create a diverse range of that content. So much so that regardless of the mood of the listener, on any given day, you have got content within your network that they want when they want it. From there, you can help them towards that purchase whether it's for a sponsor or for your patron, etc. You can guide them towards that purchase every time they hear you or some of your content, but in a way that's accepted by them. Because look, you are giving them so much amazing free content, so of course they're all right with you telling them about the thing in return. In short, the goal is to keep a listener listening to your content as much as you can. And to do that, you need to research what the listener is likely to listen to that is in your niche, but that you do not already produce. And to do that, you've got a few options. And employing a combination of them is a really good idea. First, you could ask an open-ended double question survey. What other podcasts do you listen to? What podcasts do you wish existed? Get some qualitative research. Next, do some competitor research. What other shows exist in your niche and what makes them stand out about uh, against yours? About them, what is it about them that makes them stand out against yours? From there, once you've got that data, it's just a case of simply making a plan of the content that you're going to create in order to serve those needs of the listener or to hit those opportunities that arise from that research and it's just picking a place to start that doesn't burden you with too much extra work. For example... Maybe you run a long-form interview podcast and notice that your listeners tell you that they listen to another show in your niche that isn't produced by you that covers industry news. 
So a great place to start your new podcast network might be to do a short five-minute weekly news roundup podcast that doesn't add too much work to your week, but that delivers something to that underserved portion of your listener base. And then, whether you use Captivate or not, ideally you do because it's the only place that you can automate this, you do some cross-promotion. You just cross-promote your new podcast to the listeners of your old podcast using Captivate's inbuilt cross-promotional feed drops. Expanding your network from there by repeating that formula will help to harness your audio influence. It will lead to a connected brand that is financially attractive to you and also to a potential niche-focused sponsor. Because we know that podcasters like you create more shows the more they get into podcasting. I do the same thing. I'm always creating podcasts because once you create, you just want to keep creating. That's why we allow on Captivate multiple podcasts from day one on any account. But if you can do that with a strategy in place, you're going to be very surprised at just how influential and valuable you become. All right, until the next time, thanks for joining me. Go and check out those brand new network and cross-promotional feed drop features available for free to anyone on any Captivate plan and keep on captivating. Adios.